Hey there guys and girls, this is Nostalgiaverse here. Today we're going to be discussing the original Final Fantasy VII as well as the Final Fantasy VII Remake. This is going to be a lone podcast, unfortunately. Um, I don't have anyone else I can podcast with yet at the moment, but uh, if you're interested, you know, feel free to send me a direct message over Twitter. Um, at Mad Hatter Perp, you can find me. And let's get on with the podcast. So I guess I'll start off by telling you guys how I got into Final Fantasy VII in the first place, how I uh, came across it originally. And um, I was at the movie theaters with my brother and my dad. We were going to see a movie. I can't exactly remember what movie it was so long ago. I think it was Final Destination, but don't quote me on that. But yeah, the uh, trailer popped up before the movie, and it was all FMV sequences. So yeah, before then you didn't even really see anything like that, so you're immediately blown away by that. You didn't see really any gameplay in the trailer at all. But you know, the narrator was hyping it up, and you know, you saw the meteor and the and the Junin cannon, and you just saw like all the character, well, most of the characters, and they just looked awesome. I mean, I just really started getting into that jrpg-ish anime aesthetic around that time too i started watching like dragon ball z on toonami like back with the ocean dub and uh you know my love for all things japanese just was downhill from there and um so yeah me and my brother were super hyped about this game we had played other final fantasies before mostly my brother and my dad i played final fantasy 4 i didn't beat it but um after i uh, you know, played 7 and beat that, I went back and corrected that mistake. Because 4 is also a really good game. But yeah, me and my uh, brother, you know, we were super hyped for this game. Just from that trailer. And then, you know, you'd see screenshots of it, magazines and things like that. And the hype just grew and grew. And I remember around Christmas time, I was getting like a, you know, my parents got me like the N64 with uh, Super Mario 64, and my brother, he wanted a PlayStation, so he went and got himself a PlayStation. I don't think he got it for Christmas. I'm pretty sure he you know, had a job at the time. He just saved up money, went out and grabbed it himself. And, uh, you know, he grabbed Final Fantasy VII, and then me and him played that, like, taking turns. You know, someone was either watching or playing, and he just got really engrossed in the story, and... It's kind of like a bonding experience for me and my brother. So, um, you know, that already brings it to a special place in my heart. We had played the demo beforehand. It came in a, a PlayStation magazine. And, you know, just after playing it for the first time, it was just crazy, you know, seeing this in action. I know looking at it now, the graphics aren't like amazing and everything's kind of standstill with the active time battle turn-based system they got going on there. But, you know, at the time, you know, before video games looked like they do now, you were using your imagination a lot and filling in all these, you know, these graphical holes. And, uh, you know, you just, you saw it in a different light, especially me. I was like, I was nine years old when I first, uh, you know, played Final Fantasy VII. And, your imagination, well, my imagination was running wild at that age. And, I, I mean, I just did not, you know, when I go back and play today, this, like, I did not see, I do not see it now how I saw it back then. And, you know, seeing the remake now is like, 
it's just surreal. It's like something you just always, you know, you've just seen it in your head, but you just couldn't articulate it in any kind of, <laughs> you know, picture or art or anything. And, you know, Square Enix is nailing that home with the remake. So I am, you know, very, very hyped about that. The original Final Fantasy VII has just held such a, you know, a big place in my heart. And it's my favorite game of all time. And I don't know, like, it just kind of mixes like real world stuff with the cyberpunk and a lot of the uh, things going on between the characters and the world you can just relate to here in real life. And, you know, that just brought it to a whole nother level. But yeah, just, the you know, the art design, Cloud's got a big ass sword and I'm a nine year old kid. I'm, I'm, I'm just sold, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like immediately sold. And, uh, I became a pretty hardcore JRPG fan after that. Like after that, I went back and played games that I missed. Like, you know, like I said, I wound up beating Final Fantasy four. Finally, I went and I played Final Fantasy five and Final Fantasy six and Chrono Trigger, which is probably, you know, one of my other favorite games ever. It like probably, probably like the second I got Final Fantasy Tactics and Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy seven are like my top three. So, um, it just introduced me to a whole new world of like JRPGs and furthered me into that Japanese aesthetic that, you know, like really, it, it, it just kind of shaped my life. Cause like, I just love anime and JRPGs. Now it's like, <laughs> it's like my crack. I need it. So, you know, that's just how my love for it came to be. And I've just had so, you know, I've beaten it twice a year, you know, once or twice a year, like I've said, and so many like memories are just tied to them, you know, like just simple things like even my my mom walking into my bedroom, vacuuming and being annoying and stuff when I'm trying to, you know, play through Final Fantasy VII. I got like a really vivid memory of being in like the uh, calm flashback and I couldn't hear a thing because she was just cleaning everything. And my mom was like a real, you know, uh, she just liked to clean a lot. So... You know, it just, it, it it brings back weird nostalgic memories like that. And it's just tied to so, so much for me. And it, and it still continues to be because I'm still beating it once or twice every year. I'm actually going through a playthrough right now. I'm, uh, I'm in the uh, crater on the second disc. I'm, uh, you know, about to give Sephiroth the Black Materia. And, you know, every time I play this game, I just never get bored of it. I don't know why, but it just seems the way it's been over the years. Soon after Final Fantasy VII, we got Final Fantasy VIII, IX, and X. And, you know, even VIII, uh, the models, the character models were more, like, proportionate. And they weren't blocky, chunky people. I mean, they were still blocky, but they weren't, like, you know, Lego characters. And uh, ever since that point, I mean, just even, like, Final Fantasy VIII and IX, I was like, you know, seven needs a graphical overhaul. And... Uh, you know, it became like everyone started asking for it. Or I remember like around like maybe 2001, everyone was signing the petitions, myself included. And, you know, everyone just wanted like, you know, just a graphical upgrade of it. Though you can leave everything the way it is. Just, you know, uh, you know, eight, eight even looks better than seven. So it, it, it was just like a shame. And then it was rumored to be coming to PS2 for a while and it never happened. And, you know, me and my brother started watching like E3 every year waiting for this reveal of like a upgraded Final Fantasy VII graphically or whatever. 
And, um, you know, we just watched over the years, saw the 2005 uh, PS3 tech demo. And I myself, honestly, I went out and bought a PS3 after that because I thought they were lying. Like when they said, oh, we're not making this. This is just a tech demo. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure you are. And then I went out and I bought a PS3. And I mean, I wound up getting some use out of my PS3 after that. But I was really sad when it, you know, eventually didn't come. And then... In 2014, I believe it was, we got the reveal for the PS4 port of the PC version. And, uh, you know, that was very, very upsetting. Uh, I'm sure you've all seen Maximilian Dude's reaction to that. And uh, it was pretty much the same way. I, I don't even know why they went on stage and showed it off. But, you know, turns out they were just trolling. And the following year, you know, um, there was little... Uh, rumors that Final Fantasy VII Remake was going to pop up at E3 2015, but, you know, those, there were so many rumors like that, like, every year. Like, almost every... That's why I kept watching E3 religiously, like, every year, is because, like, there would always be some rumor, like, oh, this is the year Final Fantasy VII Remake's going to get revealed. And then, you know, the but the rumors did look more uh, real. I mean, I don't know how rumors look real, but they just look more real in uh, 2015 because, like, bigger... Um, you know, bigger news outlets were covering it, like bigger gaming news outlets, not just like, you know, somebody on 4chan or, you know, somebody on a freaking message board somewhere. So, you know, it was just a very, very exciting time. And I went into that E3 thinking like, is this really going to be the one? And then as soon as, you know, you know, we saw World of Final Fantasy, uh, you know, when I was waiting for seven, that was kind of disappointing. It's actually a good game, but uh, at the time, I was just, you know, looking for Final Fantasy VII. I wasn't looking for any other Final Fantasy game. And, you know, when that, like, live stream-like, you know, graphic was going off in the background, and um, uh, I forgot the guy's name, but, you know, he was talking on the stage for PlayStation, and, you know, he's saying that, you know, there's basically a game that's, like, like beloved, and it changed the gaming landscape, and, like, I, I, I just knew from, like, his first few sentences, like, even before that, when the live stream was being shown, I'm like, it's it's happening. And then when it actually, like, went into it, I was a little confused. I mean, I, I knew the graphical style. I'm like, this looks like some Final Fantasy VII shit when they're showing the clouds and the guys in the train. The guy kind of looks like Barrett because he's got the uh, vest, like, kind of looks like he had an Advent Children. And you just knew that it was going to be some something Final Fantasy VII. And I started panicking, like, oh, I hope this isn't a movie or, like, a Final Fantasy VII 2. Uh, but, you know, it turned out it was, you know, it was actually the remake. You see, as soon as, you, like, a lot of us, we saw the people on the slide and the train going by, and you're like, Final Fantasy VII indefinitely. And then you see the street sign that says, like, uh, I think it says it's going to, like, Seventh Heaven or a Sector or something like that, like, for an exit. And you're like, oh, this is this is happening. And then yeah, you see Cloud and Barrett walk into the alleyway. I noticed, you know, Cloud's Buster Sword doesn't got the gold hilt. Uh, you know, Barrett's not wearing his fishnet stuff and has like cornrows. So I'm like, this is looking good. And then they just put the logo on there. And, you know, my body was just like, my heart was stopped. And then as soon as that remake logo hit, I'm probably like the rest of you out there, you know, your bodies were shaking. You were laughing, crying, just in disbelief, pinching yourself, making sure you weren't dreaming. It was literally like a dream come true. And, you know, just to see the graphical fidelity they were going for, which which now, since they've upgraded it, blows that out of the water. 
like the E3 2015 to like compared to the what we've seen now, like so it looks night and day. It looks so much better now. Like I almost can't believe we thought it looked good back then. But anything like you're like a PS2 looking Final Fantasy VII game would have been, you know, blowing my mind because I've only seen it, you know, in the original 3D polygon Lego guys. And I wish I could, you know, I had a PC. I would definitely get that Ramako mod and the um, uh, character that like the character art anime style like character mod that maximilian's using on his stream of like the the uh, new threat mod which is another mod i want to play like that's like the remastered version of final fantasy 7 a lot of people wanted including myself for just years but i mean it's been so long that you know now you, you want like a like a remake graphical style level of remake and uh i do too i mean the, i've been sold on it i had my um, you know, my reservations at first, you know, they were deviating from, you know, the original combat and things like that. I was like very, you know, I just want the original ATB. But after seeing, you know, after E3, when they explained like it's a it's like a hybrid. And I said this myself back then, I'm like in message boards and uh, I made a YouTube video saying what I would like the combat system to be like if it had to be more actiony. And it actually turned out to be the way I thought it was going to be. It's a hybrid. And, you know, you get to freely attack or whatever, but in, like, dodge and block, so you're always doing something, and, you know, it's going to be, like, like I just didn't want it to be a hack and slash, and they made it that way. So where your materia actually matters, your ATB matters, you still got the ATB meter, you fill that up, and, you know, that's how you land your massive attacks and really beat people. You're only going to be, you know, your attack attacks are going to be beating weaklings, and in the original, it... You know, it kind of did suck to have to waste a turn on just, you know, a standard attack. So I really enjoy the fact that we can just go out there and whack them. And, you know, I think that they've really hit a balance here. Like this may be the, you know, well, I'm going to say from what I've seen, like I'm going to say, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to like guess this right here that it's like the best Final Fantasy battle system that they're ever going to have. Like, you know, maybe even like Final Fantasy 16 might not be as great as 7 because... You know, seven has materia and all this stuff like that. Just you know, the great the, the materia already made the game amazing. So now they're just adding more layers onto that with like the SP with the swords and everything. Just looks awesome. Everything I've just seen from this remake so far has me hyped beyond belief. Like I never thought in a million years that Square Enix could nail this remake as much. I mean, I haven't played it yet, but from what I've been seeing. Like everything a original Final Fantasy VII fan could want. Like you know, when I was younger playing those games, I had to expand my imagination and imagine that you know the soldiers in the random battles had names and stuff, and you know they were you know chasing down Cloud and they played more of a part in the story. Whereas in like the remake, they're actually you know putting ideas like that, like going back and looking where there is kind of holes in the story because. Uh, you know, FF7, there is a lot of room to expand on it. There's there's a ton of room, and people are like, where could they expand on it? Like, there is a lot, a lot of room. And, you know, just as I'm playing Final Fantasy VII right now, just going to the um, the Gaia Cliffs and all that, like like going towards Crater to give Sephiroth a black material, like, you know, you just kind of jump from, like, Aerith death to, like, you know, Sephiroth trying to, you know, well, Genova Sephiroth trying to, you know, tell Cloud he's not Cloud and, 
you know, like everything just starts going a little faster i feel like and there it's hard to explain i just know that it's going to be really easy to expand on that stuff for them and it's not going to feel like filler or anything it's going to feel meaningful and from everything we've read so far you know there is going to be um additions like looks like there's gonna be more fa uh, factions of avalanche and barrett is like made his own faction because you know they kicked him out because he was too extreme so you know maybe you know uh i think it said they weren't even stationed the other factions aren't in midgar so maybe throughout the game you'll find other factions maybe there's one of the cosmo canyon or something just hanging around because uh you know we got some we were told avalanche you know went there uh, with barrett to uh, uh, celebrate the birth of avalanche so maybe there's you know some headquarters there now who knows it's all just guessing for now but like just every time i get like another look at this remake i just cannot believe it like i am so excited it's my most anticipated video game of all time and you know march 3rd cannot get here soon enough But yeah, so when I was on, uh, uh, I did like two videos on YouTube and yeah, I'm not like a big YouTuber or anything, obviously. I just put them up there because I wanted to get my ideas out. I was like, you know, maybe Square Enix will search in the search bar for Final Fantasy VII Remake reactions or something and find my video and, you know, just listen to my ideas. I don't think they did at all, but um, I feel like I predicted some of the stuff they were going to do with the fleshing out, like... Uh, Jesse, you know, builds bombs and, like, blow up these Mako reactors, or Mako reactors. I always said Mako. But, yeah, um, so where does she get these materials? They're living in, like, a slum. Everything's, like, junk around, like, uh, so you probably have to go somewhere to get the materials. So there's, you know, openings for missions like that. And, you know, it's they, they like, highlighted in Jesse's profile that she is the one that, you know, um, makes all the bombs and everything and the fake IDs and that she sells things to make money to buy. Uh, she like sells like water, um, like, like water filtration devices. And she does that to make money. So uh, like she can fund Avalanche a little bit. And I'm assuming go get money to get her bombs and things like that. But you might have to go on the black market or something for some stuff that she needs. So, you know, maybe we meet up with like some of Don Corneo's goons. Because that guy's like an underworld, like drug lord and like pimp and like all this other you know he's he is like that crime syndicate mafia guy of final fantasy 7 so maybe some of his guys that work under him like scotch or Koch, you see them in like an alleyway <laughs> like you gotta make a deal with them you know like there there's just all these possibilities for you know like if you really look into things um you know how you can expand upon them but there's just, you know, so much stuff I would like to say that I would like to see from this remake and just out of part one. And I've like seen a lot of the, you know, stuff I've wanted to see, except, you know, I would like to see more on combat, more like uh, see if there's team up abilities or something like that where people can like combo attack. I mean, I'm not saying like text or anything like from Chrono Trigger but, uh, you know, say, like, they, like, like, you're just pressing square to attack, and then someone else is close by pressing square to attack, you do some kind of, like, 
you know, you're hitting them at the same time and, and it just has like different animations or something and you're doing like a team attack kind of thing and it does like double damage or it's like a higher critical hit rate, just anything like that. And um, the, the materia system is looking great. Um, you know, you can level up your materia. Uh, the only thing that's kind of, you know, questionable for me right now is the, is the summons. And I, I have a theory on the summons, how they say, you know, they're not going to be able to summon with just anybody or anywhere. I think it has to do with, you know, like some enemies have appendages. And that means like, you know, you can lock onto several targets on one enemy. And the sweeper has that. And we've seen the um, summons being used on the sweeper. So my theory is that, you know, the the guys who don't have appendages, like say like a Shinra soldier, you can, you know, there's just one lock on spot for them. So, you know, there's no summon for that. Like you can't summon and kill those guys. But any enemy that has like more than one spot to lock onto, like more than one appendage, that's when you're going to be able to use your summon. And then, you know, also like it seems like, you know, there's no way to, like, the summon slot is separate, and there's no way to stick, like, a final attack or an MP turbo added effect on, like, a summon or something like that. But there is actually, like, it's like a, a circle with a symbol in it next to it. But, you know, after seeing that the uh, weapons can, you, you can add material slots to weapons through, like, through SP, like, why not be able to, you know, do something... Uh, similar with the with with that little circle symbol next to the summon, it, like it looks like a materia slot that's like blocked. You know what I mean? It like it's like in Final Fantasy X Sphere Grid, like it's just like a stone looking thing until you unlock it and then it lightens up. But you know that's just a that's just a guess. Like maybe you reach a certain level because you're you know you can't have your characters too overpowered in the beginning. So yeah, I think there's like some room there for. You know, uh, some kind of blue materia to slot next to it. I don't think it's going to be another summon materia because they already confirmed one summon materia per character. But at least it's not like one per three characters. So, you know, at least we got that. And, um, you know, like the assess materia that, you know, was sent in the original but is now assess. That looks awesome because it, you know, it does a lot more than sense did. It tells you not only their health and their weaknesses and what they're strong to and everything like that. It gives you like a whole detailed bestiary like explanation of them. And I hope there's some kind of bestiary we can go through, um, you know, like on the main menu or, you know, something like that, just to like harken back to older Final Fantasies that actually did that. You know, it'd be cool to go through the catalog and just read up on all of them, see how many I've defeated instead of having to like scan them or like uh, assess them every single time. But, um, uh, you know, they confirmed that we can steal, you know, there's going to be steel materia because they're stealable items. So that's good. Um, you know, materia still needs AP to level up. Now they have SP for weapons. And, uh, you know, you're not just grinding to grind out levels. You're grinding your materia. You're grinding your weapons, giving them more materia slots, making them stronger, giving you uh, new abilities. Like, yeah, like that's really cool that they did the whole Final Fantasy IX thing where, like, you have an ability with a certain weapon, but if you, like, master that ability on that weapon, then you can use it with any weapon. And that's just... I love that. That's really, really cool. Like, like I said, this combat is, like, amazing. Like, it's definitely probably going to be the best 
<laughs> well, definitely, probably. That doesn't make any sense. I just contradict, contradicted myself, but um, I I honestly think it's going to be like the best combat we've ever seen out of like a Final Fantasy game ever. And I hope it becomes like the new standard. And this is somebody who really likes the original and the ATV system. I think like, you know, some people will complain, but I'm like, it's it, it's more fun to just like, you know, hit it, like, you know, go out there, whack them, dodge their attacks and it looks all flashy and everything than just sitting there in a line waiting for your ATB to fill. Now you're doing something while it's filling and you can make it fill faster by attacking them. Or you could just put it on classic mode and then you don't have to do any of the automated stuff. I know that, you know, everyone's like, oh, AI, AI are controlling them. But, you know, I'm uh, pretty sure it's going to be somewhat balanced. So it's not, I mean, it's it's an easy mode. But, you know, I think if you just sit there and let them attack and don't use your ATB charges in classic mode, you're going to die still. So, uh, and like, you know, it could, it, it could be nice for grinding. Like, say, like, after you've done, like, a couple playthroughs, you just want to you know, set it to, like, let your person grind out in the wild or something. If you can, like, I don't know if you can switch from normal to hard to easy, like, just in between the game, but maybe you can, I don't know. But, you know, there's there should be some balance to that. And even if it is, like, a straight-up easy mode, you know, uh, you can take control of your character in classic mode. You don't have to let them be automated. Like, you can just let them do their thing and then take control of them whenever you want and stop their act, the computer's actions and take over, so... Um, there's a lot of, you know, possibilities for that. So, uh, I wouldn't write it off, you know, any of those people who played the original ATB like myself, because it is not turn-based, it's active time battle. Like the enemies are still attacking you and now you just have, you know, in the original the enemies still attack you if you don't choose your stuff fast enough. And towards like at the beginning of the game is very slow, like your meter filling up and everything, but towards the end it fills up really fast. It gets challenging, especially if you're on active and not on wait or recommended. So um, try playing it like that. And it's like now now you just have a chance to control your dodges and blocks while they're attacking you. You know, it's it really is like the same because like, like they said, it's not a hack and slash. The ATB, you know, like the things you use with the ATB, ATB gauge, like the abilities and the magic and all that, like that's going to be your big hitting attacks that are going to take people out. Like uh, hitting square and whacking them, that's just chip damage. Unless you're Tifa and you can keep powering up your fists and beat the hell out of them. And Tifa looks awesome. Like I can't wait to play as her. And uh, um, everyone really looks awesome, honestly. Everyone looks awesome. And, and like they're all, you know, going into their different niches, their categories, like Tiff is like a monkish martial artist type character, and Eris like a long range, like, uh, you know, magical girl or whatever. She's just shooting uh, like lasers or crystals or whatever the hell they set out of her staff. And, you know, Barrett's got the long range gun and Cloud's just like the freaking heavy hitter. So, yeah, they just... Um, I'm really liking the way that, you know, they, they, not only do they have the abilities, they have, like, you know, you hit triangle to switch things, and, like, Cloud switches stances, it does different things for different people, like, like I said, Tifa powers up her fist, like, it's just really, really in-depth, there's so many mechanics, like, layered on, it's like, this is like a JRPG lover's, like, freaking dream come true, like, I don't even know how to, like, word how good it feels to like be getting this game and 
I'm just so happy that like it's Final Fantasy VII. Like it's going to be opening up so many people's eyes. That like, I mean, growing up, like I didn't know a lot of people. Like I still don't know a lot of people in real life. Like on the internet, there's millions of people that you know talk about FF7, but around me, not really many. But it's it's going to be that like game of the year next year most likely, and it's going to be. Like, you know, it blew minds in 1997. It got a lot of people in the JRPGs that didn't even, you know, like those kind of games. And, uh, like, Maximilian, for example, like, he, he he told the story himself. He wasn't even into those games. And the story and the characters just captivated him. And, you know, now he freaking plays it all the time and streams it. And, you know, he's like a, he's like the voice for all the fans right now. He's got so many uh, subscribers and, you know, he's just, he gets to go to these conventions and he gets to meet the, you know, the, the people who worked on the original and the, you know, probably met some of the newcomer staff as well. And, you know, they had him in tears. It was like how, you know, devoted they seemed. And, you know, I, I trust, like, it, it, it is a dream team. It's like how Chrono Trigger came together to be a masterpiece because they had that like dream team when they went through the staff list and the most recent PlayStation blog post like this is the new dream team like this like I mean people don't understand that like a lot of these developers like the ones who made like um you know the Final Fantasies after like 10 and stuff like a lot of the you know people who worked on Final Fantasy together like Umatsu and Kitase and Nomura like they were all split on the separate Final Fantasies like they this is like the first time they're coming together like since like the old days like it's a big deal and then they have all these newcomers like myself and others who really you know give a shit about this game and like they they just know like what they're doing and like the, and like they know what we want cuz they it's like some of the people working on it are us and it's just it's just really heartwarming and you know, I just couldn't be more thankful to this development team. Like, they are really hitting it out of the park. And, like, you know, I read an older interview. I mean, I, I like, way back. And I need to find it somehow. But uh, Nomura said that, like, you know, him and Katase, like, they've been, you know, when they were discussing the Final Fantasy VII remake, always denying it to people, telling them that they wanted, you know, a Final Fantasy that surpassed Seven before they remade it which didn't really happen. And, um, you know, they, like Nomura said that when, the, when, if and when they took on this game, you know, you know, the Final Fantasy VII remake, it was going to be like his life's greatest work, like his, like his living legacy. <laughs> like pretty much what Zach said to Cloud, like this game is going to be his living legacy. Like it's going to be like him, like him and Katasa, like they are all, like they said, when they do this, they are going to like put their all into it. It's like indefinitely going to be the greatest game they've ever made. And it's going to like shake the gaming landscape again. Like they're not just going to make a game. They're going to like blow people's minds again like they did in 1997. Like and not just with graphics, with like gameplay innovation. And, you know, they are doing that. And like they're like they said it and they're doing it. And it's just really, really great to see that. And I just... I, I really couldn't be happier. And March 3rd, like I said, cannot get here soon enough. I pre-ordered the uh, Deluxe Edition immediately. I would have got the first class, but I don't really care for 
uh, figures. You know, they probably, I got a son, so they probably wind up broken somewhere or, you know, played with or I, I just collecting dust somewhere. I mean, it does look cool, but I can just stare at a picture of it and, and admire it just as much. So um, I opted for the deluxe edition and there was like a deal on Amazon around the time that the pre-orders first went up. And I got like a deluxe, you know, the deluxe version after tax, after shipping for 60 bucks. It was like $80. So they had a really good deal on Amazon and I took advantage of that. So uh, I actually ordered two. I don't know if I'm going to keep the second one. We'll see how my financial situation is doing at that point. But um, I just have the deluxe uh, edition pre-order from now. I think the only thing I'll be missing out on gameplay content wise or DLC content is... Uh, is it Carbuncle? I don't know. There, there's like one summon that only the deluxe version, or I mean the first class edition gets. The deluxe version gets like two of them, and then the first class gets three. But if it's anything like Final Fantasy 15, they sold the pre-order DLC separately, you know, like on the PlayStation Store. Well, I'm on PlayStation, but you know, whatever the Xbox Store is called, that too. So, um... Yeah, like I don't, I don't have any worries about missing out on any DLC through a pre-order because they're they're just gonna sell it separately for like like well like a, like probably a dollar ninety nine a summon or something like that, something like that. So I won't worry about it too much if you're just getting the standard edition or whatever. Like you're not gonna be locked out of that DLC forever. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be like a Dragon Ball Xenoverse one situation where if you didn't pre-order the game, you'll never play a Super Saiyan four Vegeta. I don't think they're gonna do that to you, but yeah, guys, I uh, I think this is it for my lone podcast today. If you wanna, you know, follow me on Twitter, DM me, uh, you know, if you wanna be on the podcast and talk about Final Fantasy VII, feel more than free to. It's at Mad Hatter Perp. I usually go by Nostalgiaverse, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm always down to talk about Final Fantasy VII. Even if you just wanna converse on Twitter, I'm there. And uh, I'm going to be waiting for March 3rd, 2020, like the rest of you guys. I'm super hyped about it. And, you know, it's going to be going on for years and years from now because we're going to be hyped for Part 2 and Part 3 and however many parts they release. But it's full games worth of content. I am going to be completely satisfied. I already know it. And I, I just cannot wait to experience everything. Right, well, thank you, guys. See you later.